everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Pixels and Ink. And today I'm talking to Warren Warbit. And this is a really interesting conversation because Warren is quite a character. If you don't know who Warren is, he has worked in print for almost 30 years. He actually owned a printing company. So if you're a print company owner and you're listening, he will speak your language. He built that company from the ground up and went through the highs and the lows, all of the stuff that you all very well know about owning a print company. At his peak, his business had 120 employees and around 18 million in sales, just to give you some context for where he's coming from. And since that time, since he got out of his print company, he has started building relationships with some of the largest OEMs out there and numerous print providers and has now kind of become an influencer in the print space. So he regularly joins what they think's printer to printer video series. He's a contributor there. He's on the HP and DScoop board, mentor board. He's a board member of the Association for Print Technology. So he's all over the place. And kind of all of those experiences now have culminated in an organization that he's running called the Print Whisperer. And this is an organization that he helped create that really has a focus on small to mid-sized print business owners and managers across the global print industry. Because honestly, from having been in the trenches himself, he understands what you folks are going through. And so this conversation today is really different, what you're going to hear in this podcast, because this is kind of owner to owner and owner to leader in print companies. And I think you're going to find a lot of value in it. I love his energy. I love the fact that he's different. He's unique. He stands out. And so what we're going to talk about as we get into this conversation today, you really want to listen carefully because there's a lot of insights here. Both Warren and I as I mentioned in the interview today, have the vantage, have the perspective over thousands and hundreds of print companies. And so what we're sharing with you comes from that perspective. And so some of the things we're gonna cover include what we see changing for print company owners and their sales teams. This is really important. The second thing that you're also going to hear are some of the surprising ways that LinkedIn and TikTok are changing B2B selling, B2B marketing and selling. And yes, I did say TikTok. You're going to want to listen to that carefully for sure. And I'm actually going to give you an example of a TikTok user who is selling print, selling packaging, and doing it very well. So you're going to want to hear that. And then third, also Warren goes on this rant about why he thinks most print business owners are full of crap (laughs) and missing the boat. I hope it doesn't describe you, but you're definitely going to want to hear that. And we get into a lot of other interesting print Opti-channel related conversation. So without further ado, let's jump right in and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you back to another session of Printer to Printer with me, Warren Wormit, your printer, also known as the Print Whisper. Notice the logo. Check out the merch site. But today we're sitting with a very distinguished guest, although all my guests are distinguished. Today we have Dave Rosendale from Mindfire. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. What I'm not going to do is ask Dave to tell us a little bit about himself, because I think most people know him already. And the real reason that I asked him to come on the Printer to Printer show, even though he's not a printer, is he's probably one person who talks to more printers than I do. And I thought it'd be a good idea for us, the printers, to hear from him and me some of the things that he's noticed that he's seen that we're doing or we're not doing that maybe we could do or do better because the world is a little bit upside down right now. I've known Dave now, I'm gonna go back. I won't tell you how long because that's gonna put a date on me, but I did have hair back then when I met him. And I know Dave's been working really hard with the likes of us, always to push, always to promote. So on that note, I would just say to you, Dave, what's going on today that you hear from the printer? 
Overall, as I think you know and listeners or viewers are probably experiencing, it's tough in many regards right now. Paper, envelopes, staffing, all of those things are kind of piling up right now and creating a, a lot of difficulty for the printers that we work with, certainly. But that said, and similar to what we were talking about before we even started recording here, was that uh, that's causing a lot of activity and a lot of excitement and, and energy and some of it good, some of it bad uh, for the print community. But I have to tell you that with, with only some exception, the, the printers that we're working with right now are fairly busy and the work that they're doing the work that's coming to them is in many cases exceeding what they did last year and exceeding the year before that now certainly that's not everyone not all printers across the board but by and large there's a lot of activity going on and the printers that are actually doing a lot of work right now are certainly growing revenues over last year and are doing it by being creative and by thinking differently than they have in the past so at a very high level that's what i'm seeing yeah, so I would kind of agree with you. The people that I've been talking to are very busy. I don't know for sure how busy they are in terms of sheets passing through the press because paper sure. is, a, is a big issue, but there's certainly a lot of activity in the phone calls they're getting, the requests for quotes. Don't really know if it's because other people are now calling them because they can't get over there, right? Like uh, it'd be good if mm -hmm. we could figure out and put dust everything aside to see what the real metrics of everything are. But yeah, generally the same thing. But I'm, I'm when I say what are printers doing, I don't mean with the paper because that's just, a, that's across the board for everybody. What are they doing in terms of dealing with the customer and selling? A lot of people, I thought before the pandemic, a lot of people were doing the web to print, doing the direct multi-channel uh, marketing. There's a lot of people that weren't and try to figure it out. I think some tried to figure it out through the pandemic. Others did not. Now we are here and we'll, for argument's sake, we'll say the pandemic is over. I would say any new variant is really just the flu. So I don't worry about it. And I shoot people down who talk about increasing cases, but end of COVID. But are people stepping up to multi-channel now? Are they trying it more often? Are the people that were doing it before doing better? Are they succeeding? What are the results, right? Like, and I'm not even talking profit. I'm more interested in the activity that people have reaching potential customers. Because if you have the activity, the sales will come eventually. Yeah, it's that there. I mean, there's a lot there in your question. So let me I try know, to I tease know. apart each of the parts. You and I last, we saw each other, what, two weeks ago or three weeks ago at the Do Scoop event in Denver. And uh, that was actually my uh, first opportunity to trade show back in real life again, presenting, yeah, and, and exhibiting. I'd been to one other earlier in the year. But, you know, I would say that what we're seeing is. And this is not true for every printer, but a, a realization for many of these folks that, and you know, we've talked about this for so many years, but that, that they're in the communications business, not the print business. And that that kind of understanding and that kind of awareness means that they're doing two things, broadly speaking. First of all, they're realizing that in order to reach their customers, in order to reach their prospects, the people that they want to be selling to, that what used to work five years ago, what used to work 10 years ago, just isn't relevant anymore in terms of how they go to market, how they market, and how they sell. So there's a there's an awakening there. And fortunately, that's good for us because a lot of that happens to be kind of the opti-channel digital movement right. that they start to say, you know, actually, this is now making sense to me. I need to look into this more. So that's one thing that we see. The other thing is that when they realize that they're in the communications business, or to put it another way, when they realize that Look, I'm not just manufacturing print, but I'm helping the CMO, the VP of marketing, the, the marketing folks, the sales teams on those at the customer location, grow brand, drive leads, generate sales. That's really what I'm all about, what we're doing as a print company. When they come to that understanding and really embrace that, 
then they start to see, okay, so for example, if I'm doing direct mail for a customer, there's a lot more that I could be doing that incorporates some of the digital, social, LinkedIn, Facebook, other channels that are going to make that campaign more successful for their customer and make the print more valuable in the eyes of their customer as well. So broadly speaking, Warren, those are two things that we're seeing more and more of. You know, we've been in the industry for quite some time, and uh, certainly I've been doing this for, for a number of years. And I can tell you that where we are now compared to where we were even five years ago in terms of printers kind of seeing that, I think COVID, I think the pandemic kind of helped accelerate the awareness that many folks have that these two things, how we go to market ourselves as print, and forgive me, print friends, when you hear me say this, and Warren, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but printers historically are not good at marketing themselves. Oh my God, but they're shit. They, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so, so more and more though are saying, yeah, we know we're crappy. We know we need to do something and we know what used to work just doesn't work anymore, A. And B, we need to help our customers achieve their marketing objectives, not just produce print. So does that answer your question? Kind of broadly speaking, what yeah, we're no, I, I, Zach, no, yeah, I can't even talk, but yes, it answers the question. I, cause you know, when, during the pandemic, I was like, wow, if the print owner was not looking at any of this marketing opportunities, channels before he was in trouble in the pandemic, you're in more trouble because you want to learn this now new when everybody's in a state of anxiety and craziness. It's beyond me. I used to say, I say, I said not long ago to a printer, I said, you know, I said the easiest thing you could be doing and you should have been doing is you do direct mail. You do the whole email Pearl deal. I said, uh, have you ever done a full campaign for yourself? Oh, we don't time. No. I said, buddy, I said, you're an idiot. And, I, and, I, and people, <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. I said, because you're, you do all the stuff. I said, the easiest thing that you could do for yourself is you put together a six to 12 month campaign. You yep. build your list from your customers. You buy a list or you go out and you get a mail list from United States Postal Office and you do one mile radius of your business. Just six yep. to 12 months, a message every month, a postcard, personalized, a mail. You use different things. Some months more expensive, some months cheaper. I said, automatically, just because we know statistics, you're going to generate so many potential openings. From the openings, you're going to generate so many potential customers. And then automatically, you're going to have incremental increases in your revenue. I said, and if you're telling me that you don't have the time or it's too expensive, I want you to tell me how many dumbass salespeople that you're employing that sit here that don't even call 20 people in a year. Right. Because yep. everybody's exactly. got it. Everybody's got it backwards. You could be using these tools as a salesperson and then having your salespeople, the ones that are capable of speaking, do the follow ups and then pick up yep. accounts. And I look at them and I don't claim to be a genius or anything, but as an owner with money on the line, a 90 cent mailing, a two dollar mailing is cheaper than a salesperson going to make a call. I think 10 years ago, the cost of a sales call was like $982 when you factored in everything the company put into them. So you could spend the 982 and go make an, try to make an appointment today, or you could do the mailing and keep bombarding them, maybe not bombarding is the right word, but informing them every month, changing yes. it up, right. finding new people, connecting on LinkedIn, and then you now have some communication going. They know you're consistent. They know you follow up. And yep. how many people don't do that or have tried yeah, it? Yeah, you know, it, it, many don't. And I think the other thing that's almost, I would say almost sinful right now is that, you know, compared to let's say even just five years ago or certainly 10 years ago, the amount of information or the ease of access, accessing information that I can have about you or about other people that I want to be interacting with or that a print sales rep has about their potential customers 
the ability for us to extract that information and find meaningful insights and reach them in different places, for example, LinkedIn, which I know you and I are, are pretty active on, the fact that we don't use that or a print sales rep doesn't use the technology and the methods of communication that are available here and now is sinful because it has never been easier to reach our customers and our prospects than it is now. Certainly, it's not easy. There's a lot of noise out there. But the ability for us to learn about our prospects and our customers and really understand who they are before we pick up that phone or before we go out and see them, uh, right. if you're not doing that, man, what a waste. I, I, I was Listen, this is the funny thing. Everybody does that before they buy something. Everyone does that before they book a trip. Everyone sure. goes to yep. seat guru before they book their ticket to make sure that they're getting a decent seat on the plane right? Yep. Uh, the food yep. they shop, the concert tickets on Live Live Nation. Like we all do it every day, a phone, a music, Spotify. We're using all the tools. Why yep. do people get into the office and then get stupid? Yep. And then yeah, oh, I, have a, the I, I have a better one and it's going to offend some owners. Why are there so many do stupid it. owners out there that yeah. don't enforce this stuff and let people right. run their companies for them? I mean, that's yeah. what I want to do. That's what I want to do is the print whisper. I want to help coach and mentor some of these owners that really don't know what to do because I find it very frustrating when I talk to them and they own the company. They own the debt, the liability. When there's profit, they own that too. But as an owner, we endure so much that we should be in control. We should have that we we should have we should take the power or we should be authorizing ourselves wrong word actually but whatever the word is empowering ourselves empowering and feeling and having the confidence to lead our companies yeah right how many companies yeah, so are you in sorry how many companies are you in that you see that the owner's there and talks but the people below push the stuff yeah yeah it, it always no, needs I, to come I, I, from the top i i totally agree i totally agree and i think that not only is it you know, a bad thing when the owner or the print sales team or whoever it is in the print company is not, like you said, going and, and doing this research and taking advantage of the technology that we now have. But also the other side of that is that places like LinkedIn, places like TikTok, as an example, are hungry for content. And if a print sales rep is sitting here thinking or listening to us or watching us saying, hey, TikTok really isn't that dancing kids and monkeys and you know, babies and stuff like that. It's, it certainly started that way, but you know, these social platforms evolve and TikTok is an especially hungry place right now, as is LinkedIn for content that, you know, a lot of print companies have access to. And I know from firsthand experience, you know, showing your presses, showing them running, showing your inserters, showing your shop floor, talking Sorry, about, I just yeah. want to add, if okay. anyone's going to do any of the showing, be smart enough to clean up the shop and make sure that it's nice and looks good. Because I've seen yeah. too many people put stuff out there. It's not a good representation of who they are. Yeah. Anyway, absolutely. sorry, but yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I know when I talk about TikTok, especially people are often calling BS on me and saying, hey, that can't be true. Really, TikTok? And obviously, if you're not watching the video, you won't be able to see this. But I want to give everybody an example. And he doesn't know I'm doing this. But this gentleman's name here, I don't know if you can see that there in the in the camera. But this is Adam Peak. Yeah, Adam yeah. Peak. If you look him up on TikTok, he's the packaging pastor. So he talks about packaging, right? So an, an aspect or an element of print. And he's got 12,000 followers, 146,000 likes as of right now that we're recording this. And folks, all he does, listen up, all he does, he takes his cell phone, like all of you have in your hands right now, and talks about the packaging that he's seeing around him. So he's walking on Costco, he's walking in the supermarket, he's doing everyday life, things that you and I do every single day, recording it on his iPhone, 
and giving a little bit of narrative on top of that and putting it into TikTok. What happens is the magic of these platforms, and again, why I say this is so sinful, is that these platforms are hungry for content and their algorithms are going to figure out who is hungry for your content. And right now there's a deficit of content in those platforms. Right. So as a print company owner, as a print sales executive, if you're not creating these little snackable bits of content and pushing them out into these places that are hungry for your content, man, you're missing out a, Listen, on a huge opportunity. I, I'm gonna get off my soapbox, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I, I love TikTok. Like I'm gonna tell you before I go to bed at night for five, 10, 15 minutes, sometimes it turns into an hour. I'm hour, in, I, two I, hours. I'm yeah. in bed on TikTok and I'm cracking yep. up. I'm watching some yep. business to business stuff. I'm watching yep. the pranks. I'm watching fish and shit. I mean, yep. uh, Instagram, I'm looking at not as much because I'm just tired of looking at people, but a lot of fish stuff I look at. But you know what? To the, you're 100% right. And soon you'll see the print whisper on TikTok. But there if, we go. If, Let's go, print whisper. If we, if we take it down, because we don't want to scare some people and intimidate them with that stuff. Let's just talk about LinkedIn, right? I'm on LinkedIn and I go look up somebody and I go to their contact information. And they don't even have their phone number. Yep. There's no more secrets anymore about finding information on people. So me being me with a little ADHD, if I'm looking for you and I go to LinkedIn, I can't find your phone number. I'm never coming back. Nope. Nope. Right? Yeah, it's, it's interesting there to that point. And I can't mention the name, but it's a yes, OEM that all of you would recognize. No, I can't. <laughs> Whisper in my ear. Okay, but they have around a thousand sales reps and we're working with that team, those thousand sales reps and their sales managers to help them do exactly what we're talking about. Even large organizations, men and women who are listening to us or watching us right now, even the large organizations are realizing what Warren and I are talking about right now is something that you have to do. It's not just something that, is a nice to have or a nice to do. This is what it costs to do business these days. It's table stakes. And the good news is that it's easy. Anyone can do it. The good news is that not a lot of your competition are doing it right now, but you have to know how to do it. And so Warren, going back to your original question as to what we're seeing right now, I think, first of all, we're seeing an awareness and an awakening, just even an openness to understanding that, you know what, there's a new way of doing things that we have to adapt to. I think, again, COVID kind of helped as odd as it sounds. Oh, no, I, I personally look at COVID as a good thing, right? Yeah, I, look, just, I know it just, sounds horrible to say. I look at it as a reset. I think we were moving yep. too fast to begin with. We were at warp speed. Yep. I mentioned that I spent three weeks with my son in lockdown, who's 23, who I now know who he is. He knows who I am. We had the most insane conversations of, of at all levels, which never yep. would have happened if it wasn't for COVID. And on a business side, I think for those that were ahead, they were doing okay during it because they were set up. You know, referring to our industry and for those that were a little behind or very behind, it forced them to pull vault into a position that they should have done before. Absolutely. Right? And, yeah. and I, so I think on that end, it's, uh, it, it's great. Even, uh, Warren, yeah. One more thing on that with Please. COVID. And I think this may be cliche at this point, but let me all, think. All I cliches have a, I have are a, true. Yeah. I have a bunch of mail pieces here behind me that I'll, maybe I'll grab in a second, but you know, with COVID and the fact that this touchless kind of, you know, six foot social distancing thing became so important, you've probably seen this, QR codes have become a huge aspect of what we're seeing going through our platform, as an example, as people embed QR codes, not only on things like menus and, and signs and billboards and yard signs, things like that, but also personalized QR codes, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands, tens of millions on direct oh, mail. I'm just grabbing and, one thing here, but yeah. yeah. 
Go okay. grab one. Yeah. You was, have an example there? I was going to say QR code. So I, I just was at the Print UV conference and I would encourage everyone next April 25th to go in Vegas. But when I was there and I made a little card to put on everyone's seat was just a, a little card. So here I have the QR code that takes you to my website, theprintwhisper.com. Everybody listening. Over here, yep. the QR code takes you to I Love Print video on my YouTube channel, right? Yep. And this QR yep. code over here takes you to the merch site because everybody wants one of my cozy sweatshirts. Uh, I remember it must have been, I'm going to say 2000, let me think, let me think, 2012, 13, 14. I forget when the QR code started in North America. I met with Dr. QR Code, if you remember him from back then. Um, yes. And uh, I went to uh, a meeting in LA and all the QR codes and I came back and I think I was one of the first people in Canada talking about the QR codes and I did a mailer and we, I thought this was going to be the greatest thing because all over Japan and Europe, they were everywhere and nothing here. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. as we were saying COVID, I got three QR codes. Who yep. am I? Yep. You know, Warren, it's super interesting in that though. You know, we do a lot of webinars, live events on online, Facebook, LinkedIn, other places. And one of the common questions that I ask the audience almost every single time is, because I, I show a QR code on the screen so they can connect with me on LinkedIn. And I, I always ask the audience like, you know, pull out your phone, open up your camera and just point it at that QR code. And I can't tell you how many print what? company executives still do not know that the QR code reader is embedded in most camera apps, most modern phones, you don't know, you don't need to go download any app like you used to 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whenever it was you're referring to. That was the friction point for consumers. That's gone now. I, at the last conference, I was asking the crowd, the audience, I said, is everybody aware of NFC? And half the room was like, huh? What? Yep. I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah. And no, somebody said NFTs. I said, no, those okay. are passe. Well, that's good. I, I said, yeah. those are passe also. But I said, NFC, I said, it's in your phone. I said, every time you tap your credit card. Yep. Oh, all people just know to tap. They don't know really yep. or follow any of the other stuff, yep. but it's all there. And actually, you know what? In our industry, I would tell a lot of people in our industry is talk to your kids, see what they're tapping oh my gosh. on, right? Yeah. See what they're tapping on, see what they're clicking. Well, um, let me tell you about that. Let me tell you about the kids thing for a second, since you brought that up. I, I think that's a very powerful technique. I have, how many kids do I have, Warren? I've lost track. You got four and I'm, I'm walking. Four, okay. <laughs> I know what you have because every time I see your kids, I sit there and I go, oh my God, he's got four kids. Then they're all like yeah. under 10. Or around. Yeah, they're all under 10. Yeah, it's really all glory to my wife there. She's the one doing that. But anyhow, the point of what I was getting oh, out there. Oh, you had, that, you had that you no raised. say in it, eh? No, nothing. Yes, watch your kids. And I think if you have kids, you're probably nodding your head right now as you listen or watch us talk here. What I'm noticing in our kids and how it's influencing our product roadmap, which you might think is interesting, is I'm noticing voice as a channel, as a mechanism that kids are becoming accustomed to employing. So if I watch my kids interact with, and I, I don't know if I can say her name right now because she might wake up here on my desk, but Alexa or Google or any of these other voice enabled devices, one of the things that we're investing in is uh, voice enabling your direct mail. So if you're a printer, as an example, and you're doing direct mail for a financial services company, one of the call to actions on there, yeah, you could scan the QR code. Yes, you could go to your parole. Yes, you could call the trackable 800 number, or you could ask Alexa to tell you more. And so those kinds of things, if you watch wow. your kids, you know, you can get ahead of the technology curve. And as printers, especially, you're in the communications business. You're responsible for helping your customers reach their prospects and their customers in the places where those consumers are most comfortable right now. You got to be looking at things like that. Oh, listen, you got to watch your kids and you got to use uh, urban dictionary to understand what they're saying after. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cause the kids don't know Webster's and they certainly don't know what a thesaurus is. Right. No, no. 
but it's yeah no it's really like uh i mean i'm i love our industry i think it's great i think the opportunity out there is still second to none i don't care what other people say i watch my friends how they interact with print even though they think print is dead yep right you know i you were we're sitting here we're laughing so i I was telling you before because i was having computer issues so i just bought a new computer and i bought all the stuff and i threw out all the boxes and i love uv so much that i kept the box for the microphone Nice wow, matte, look at that. nice matte black, beautiful yep. spot UV. If you open up the See, box, Warren, just pause right there. This is if you going back to the packaging pastor Adam Peak on on TikTok. This is a perfect TikTokable video, right. right? Thirty seconds. You pull out that sexy box that you just showed me. Record what whatever you were about to just say. Post it on TikTok. Right. And why do I have it? Love the spot UV. It's so nice. I don't ha- I don't keep boxes, and I have no room for it but I cannot for the life of me throw it out. So what do yep. I do every day? I move it around the room where I am not. Yeah, I wish you could see my right. office. I have the same. I have the same here. Absolutely. Oh, if I, listen, if I go back here and I remove the curtain, it's just all filled with... <laughs> yeah, we're nerds. Right. I love it, man. I love it. it. it it's just, uh, it. it doesn't matter where I go. It's uh, any texture, any... I was There was an event, and I forget who the event was. It was, I can't even read without my glasses, but they even send me these little rubber coasters. Looks like a record. Screen. Drinks don't move. Anything, everything mm. has a print, right? Everything. Yes. So oh, it's just print. It's great. Without, this is what I have to say. Without print, the world doesn't move. Right. Right. Period. And anyone you who know, thinks somebody was telling me about this idea of strapping a camera to their head and for 27 hours walking throughout their life, throughout Common. the world, and just pointing out all of the places that print intersects daily life. Right. It's coming everywhere, everywhere. Listen, you wake up in the morning. Like I said, your clock is silk screen. You go into the bathroom. Everything's printed. The kitchen, you get into your car. Yep. There's printing in the car. Doesn't matter where you go, right? How to do this or warning to stay away. It's, uh, it's yep. great. And I hope that people uh, listen to this video, podcast, interview, call it whatever you want, because I think this is really the grassroots and the basic guts of what needs to be done. Just do it. Warren, let me ask you this. Let me turn the tables on you. Let me ask you a question. Sure. So- yeah, so, so I know when I talk about TikTok, I know when I talk about LinkedIn, especially for, for printers, um, there's a group who say, bull, I don't believe you. I don't believe that I or we can find customers and prospects on, let's just even say LinkedIn, which more people are probably familiar with than TikTok. Let me ask you, since mm. I know you're on LinkedIn, what has LinkedIn done for you? First of all, uh, thank you for the question. That is a great question. So I think I, I love LinkedIn. Okay, I'm going to tell you why I love it. For one, it's my online uh, resume of who I am. I I don't have to forget what I did. I can always go there and see what I wrote. But no, more more importantly, it it gives me a persona. It makes me a somebody, be it for my friends, family, or my clients, or vendors, or potential future business partners or with dealings, right? So when I started using LinkedIn, way back when, I can't even remember. I will tell you that I've been paying for LinkedIn for eight years now from the beginning I signed up. Why? Because I get to see more stuff. Yes. Right. One of the things I used to do was if I saw people viewed me, I called them. Mm -hmm. I said, Hey, how did that work for you? Tell me, tell me how did that work for you when you did that? I I used to say, Hey, I see you're stalking me. I mean, you got to make a joke about everything. And how did it work? Well, I had a few people who basically hung up on me, but I determined that those people were morons right off the bat. There's other people that I called and had great conversations with that went on and I picked up business. Uh, I, uh, a few years ago, I picked up a $70,000 order from a person because I called them. 
Mm-hmm. And he was like, whoa. And I didn't get it right away. We had, you know, we had to do the dance and the date a little, but he was like, thank you for reaching out to me. And I knew a little bit about his company and from his contacts, I was able to say, Hey, we have a few people in common. I wouldn't go and say right. friends because I don't know if I have eight, eight, 9,000 followers. I know I'm not friends with all of them. And then I've had people thanking me for what I'm posting. The interaction that I've had with people has been off the charts. I've had people reach out to me with different business opportunities, not for me to sell them, for them calling me, for me to partner with them or maybe rep them. Or what do I think about that? All of a sudden people are asking me my opinion. I mean, at home, no one ever asks my opinion. So I think think LinkedIn for nothing else, just lets you be somebody. And for anyone who says it doesn't work, you should probably be working in a morgue or something because you're an idiot, <laughs> right? All right. Uh, every, everywhere we go, it's all about this. It it's, is. Instagram it is. is business. Instagram is business. Like we all, all I say is we all see it. Others are doing it. It has to mean something at the very least. Yeah. And at the very least, you should be on it to have a presence so that you take up some space and mm-hmm. you exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure there's somebody listening, you know, to you say that, Warren, and they're like, you know, the light bulb just went off and they're saying, you know what, maybe Warren's right. Maybe Dave's right about this thing. Maybe I do need to take a leap, but they're like, where do I start? How do I even begin to figure out what I should be doing? What's your advice for somebody in that position? Call me. I'll have a conversation with every person. But okay, if you're not going to call me because you don't want to call me, that's okay. Uh, But you should call me. Really, what I would say is I would say there's a few people out there you could put their name, you could write, how do you work LinkedIn? Simply YouTube. You can say, how do you work LinkedIn? The bottom line is LinkedIn, like any of the other sites you're on, you want to fill out your information to be maximized, right? Okay. The more information you have on there, the more people know about you and who you are. You absolutely want a picture to see your face because anyone who doesn't put a picture, like a dating app, pass, swipe to the left. Your connections. If you have no connections, people don't think you know anything. If you have more connections, people see. I, I like to endorse people. I like to write recommendations for some people that warrant it. People look at the recommendations. People look at who you follow. People just want to know who you are. For me, even my title anywhere, my title always said founder and fisherman. And some people look at me and go, eh? And I go, yeah, eh? The real deal is I wanted people to know that I'm a human being. I'll tell you one one story with the title on the business card. Uh, I get an appointment with a pretty large company with the CEO, just as the initial introduction. I do not get intimidated as a rule by anybody. But I walked into his office. I felt like Bar- I felt like Fred Flintstone in front of Mr. Slate. I'm in front of his desk. Which, for those of you who don't know, that was the Flintstones. His desk was like huge. I sit down in his desk and I'm like this. And then he says something to me and I go, hi. And my voice cracked. And I'm thinking, I, I feel the sweat coming off my head. Anyways, I hand him the card and he looks at it and he goes, founder and fisherman. He goes, do you mean flounder? And I said, you can call me. I said, you could call me whatever you want as long as you call me, Right. And he said, so you really like fishing? And I said, yeah. He, and before that, he said to me, you have 15 minutes. And then he said to me, oh, you really like fishing? And I said, yeah. He flipped his monitor around. And guess what? He just came back from a salmon trip out west. We spent 47 minutes because I was watching, talking about fishing. Then I picked up, he likes skiing because I looked around the room and saw what other stuff to connect with. And then he called in at the end, two senior VPs in marketing. Yep. I ended up doing business with one for a little while, but big or small is not the point. The point is I went in, he will never, ever forget me. He doesn't even have to like me, but he will never forget me. Absolutely. The other people will not forget me. 
So, so Warren, to that point, you know, if somebody's hearing you, and I just want to encourage anybody who's listening yes. right now, because I know what we're talking about, where I'm saying, you know, some print companies are doing exceptionally well. I know there's others of you who are struggling, that, that, that times are tough, and you're trying to figure out what should I do. When we talk about something like LinkedIn, for example, as being one of the mechanisms for modern selling, modern prospecting, there's definitely a framework. There's definitely a practice that you should apply Warren just mentioned some of the things that I think you really should be thinking about when we train enterprise sales teams when we train like the OEM that I mentioned earlier, you know, there is a system for working it just like anything in life. You have to learn how to use it. And so that would be my first piece of encouragement to but you it's is not learn hard. how to use it. It's the huh? easiest. It's the it easy. Is easy. It, yeah. I, I don't even know. It was harder to set up Facebook with everything than it was LinkedIn for me. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. The, the other thing, Warren, to your point about the fishermen. So one of the things that you reminded me of there that we teach in our social selling uh, courses to our clients and, and, and to the industry. That's actually a very specific technique. We call it the orthogonal five or the top five model, which is simply this, that all of us have passions, have hobbies, have interests. And so if you can imagine those interests as kind of like vertical bars on a graph or on a chart, if you can imagine coming up with what your top five interests or passions are, it could even just be one. Let's say it's fishing. At the intersection of fishing and whatever product or service it is that you sell, that you market, that your business makes, at the intersection of that is an unlimited amount of content that you're going to be able to create that is going to reach a part of the market in a way that's going to move them. Just like you talked about with the CEO that you met, right? At the intersection of print and this interest in fishing was that CEO who resonated with you, who connected with you because of that. And so for many people, they say, okay, I need to get on LinkedIn. I understand what you're saying, David Warren, but what am I going to publish? What am I going to talk about? That's like the big stumbling block for most people. What are you going to talk about? Uh, what do, okay, what do I talk about? Because I always like to talk about the I preference and the, my own experiences. I don't like to talk what other people are doing because I don't really know. It's not my experience. Uh, my experience is I post uh, things that I think are important and relative to our industry. Post things that are, I believe are relative to people in life and could add some value. I don't use LinkedIn as like I do Facebook. You know, the odd time I might post the funny thing because I still think people are a little uptight today need to learn to relax and laugh a little yeah. more. I post what I'm up to, something, a project I might've done, right? And it just keeps going. And then I'm seeing people that like it. Then I'm seeing people that comment on it. You know, I yeah. want to go back. I want to go back to the title for a minute. When I did the title where I saw that about 15 years ago in a mag fishing magazine that I picked up and on, on the editor page, it said that he signed off editor and angler. That's where I got the idea. It's not because I'm, nice. I'm a genius, but I take the best ideas that I find. And then what I did was I thought one level above and I thought, you know what? I'm doing this not just for me and I'm doing this not just for the salesperson. I went and made every single person at the time in the company a card. Yeah. Every, the shipper, the bindery person, the pressman, everybody got a card that time with and they didn't have email. They just had a company card with the, the phone number, the address, and the title. You know how proud people are when they have a card and a title and it makes them feel part of the club that you've thought of them? Mm -hmm. That's a whole other yes. conversation. Yep. But it doesn't cost the print company anything to invest in business cards for every single person because every my other thought was this. Everyone in print is friends with people in print. When they tell people how happy they are where they're working, how cool it is, how innovative it is, guess what's happening? You're getting other people call you from other places. And that's, yes, not, po absolutely. that's not poaching. Anyway, yep. that's, a, that's a whole other thing. That's so listen, another story. Yep. Yeah. So, wow. This conversation, thank you. This is exactly 
the conversation that I wanted for um, uh, people to hear, because there's a lot of people who know stuff. There's a lot of people who don't do stuff. There's a lot of people who don't do the whole mixed bag. But if we could encourage more people to try, right? And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm just going to say, if anybody wants, reach out to me, reach out to Dave. You can get us on LinkedIn. You can get us on Facebook. You can get me on Instagram. You can get me anywhere. Find me. I'm pretty, pretty easy. And we're happy to have conversations. And if we could help you uh, in any way, we'd be happy to help you. Because I think other than me, Dave could be the other guy who's equal to wanting to watch companies and people survive, succeed, and uh, strive to be the best that they can. So Yeah, absolutely, Warren. You know, I think for me, probably the biggest change for me, not to go off on a tangent here over the last, let's say, five years or so, has been reaching a point in my life and in my career and with our business, with Mindfire, where... I am able now to spend the majority of my time just helping people, helping companies. And when you're able to put out that kind of good juju, let's say, into the world, gosh, what amazing things follow from a business perspective where, like you're saying, you know, you're not having to sell. And so anybody who's listening to this, I can assure you that if you reach out to Warren, he will help you. And I can assure you that if you reach out to me, I will help you. We will help you. And if you're struggling and you need help, or if you're doing well and, and want to look around the corner and say, what else should I be thinking about? From the vantage point that Warren has, from the vantage point that I have, we're looking at it across thousands, hundreds of print companies and organizations like yours. Maybe, just maybe we can give you something that's going to turn on uh, some new revenue opportunities and, and growth for you. So happy to talk to anybody listening or watching this. Oh, by the way, thank you. And the, the other thing I'm going to add to that, and then we're going to really stop because I just keep thinking of more stuff. Makes me feel really good when I know that I could help someone or someone calls and I can give them something and they say, thank you. I mean, I just had a customer yes. who was wor- I was working with and then he called me and he just said, listen, I, I can't work with you anymore because I can't afford the bill. And I thought that I charged so much. His business was really bad. I said to him, I get it. I've been there. I said, so don't pay me, but I'm not leaving you. I don't believe that I can walk away from a person who's having some trouble and down. I get off more on helping people succeed. And I don't know where it came from because I can't say that I was always like that. Maybe I got beat up enough. Maybe I've seen enough. Uh, maybe I feel I have third degree burns. And if I could help somebody else in, in any way prevent it, then that's what I'm going to do, right? Yep. Same thing happened. Same thing happened just this week to us as well. You know, when an account called one of our one of our team members said, hey, we have to cancel. And uh, I immediately texted the, the chief operating officer there who I have a relationship with. I said, dude, I don't know what's going on, but if I can help, let me know. Even if we part ways officially, I'm not going away. I'm still going to be here to help you uh, no matter what. We have a friendship. We have a relationship. So it's all good. And you know what? Even in those cases where they do end up canceling or not being able to pay, like you're saying, they're going to remember that. They're going to be back. So 100% agree with that philosophy, man. The last thing I'll say to that is I did it not even for them. I did it because I have to live with myself and it makes me feel good. Knowing yep. that, because I also believe what goes around and comes around. After COVID, it's selfish. Big... It is selfish in that way. It is for us. It's for but, us to be able to feel like we're doing a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And the whole COVID thing has just put me through a whole paradigm shift in how I think. And, good for uh, you, man. Good, bad, or different, I, I don't say. It's just what I'm doing and what, how I want to do it. Anyways, Amen. we're going to stop on that note because as you see, we can keep going and it keeps growing and we keep smiling, getting more excited. So Dave, I do say to everybody else out there, I sure hope you made it to the end. I sure hope you listen. If you made it this far, please, when it's posted, share it. You'll find it wherever you want. Look me up. Uh, look Dave up. You'll find it and just share it because it's really good information. It's free. It's enlightening and guaranteed it's going to help somebody. Other than that, uh, I just say thank you for tuning in. Warren Werbit, the Print Whisper for what they think. And nobody loves print more than me and maybe Dave. That's it. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, everybody.
Hey everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Really quick, I just wanted to let you know, we've just opened up a texting community, which means that you can text me questions right now, and I'm spending anywhere between 10 to 30 minutes a day answering questions from people like you that are listening to the podcast. So I want you to stop and pull out your phone right now and text me at 949-506-5835. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast player, let's say on your phone, maybe you're going for a run or going on a walk, you can go to the description of this podcast right now, go click on it, and my team has put the number and a link that you can click on to make the process even easier for you to text me, okay? So look at that or write it down, 949-506-5835. And when you text me, just say, hello, Dave, it's, you know, whatever your name is, and it will add you to my phone And then it's going to shoot you back a message where you can add me to your phone and we can then talk from that point forward, okay? I'm going to be giving away tips, links to live interviews, free stuff, quotes, frameworks, training links, only things that you can get through this texting platform. And also something specific for our friends in the print and agency community, you know, we come across leads all the time for print work and agency work, things that as a software company, you know, we just don't do. But I think many of you probably want to know about those things. And we come across these leads in places that you're probably not frequenting. So if you want to be able to get those leads, I also send those through text to this community. So if that's helpful to you, pull out your phone, text me at 949-506-5835. Or like I said, if you're listening on a podcast player on your phone, You can go to the description. My team has put the number as well as a link that I think you can click and it'll make it even easier for you to text me. I can't wait to hear from you. See you later. Bye-bye.